Hello, and welcome to DIY Podcast Marketing and Monetization, a course from me, Amelia, at Softer Sounds. Softer Sounds is a feminist podcast studio for small business owners, artists, writers, and creatives. And in this course, I'm going to talk to you about how to market, promote, and monetize your podcast. At Softer Sounds, I've worked with dozens and dozens of podcasters. And what I found is that once we've done all the work to launch your show, there's a burst of excitement to make more episodes. And then it's about how do we get more people to listen? And maybe even how do we make some money from this thing that we're creating? So that's what this course is here to do. It's here to help you take your show to the next level by marketing better growing your audience, and choosing the right monetization strategy for you. So this lesson is just a quick welcome, and let me tell you more about the course. Our goal for this course is to give you actionable marketing ideas that grow your podcast and make it profitable. That's what I'm here to do. And by the end of this course, you will have many, many, many of those actionable marketing and monetization ideas. So stay tuned. That is all coming. That's going to happen over the course of six lessons. And here's our agenda for those lessons. In our first lesson or the lesson after this, we're going to talk about marketing versus promotion. And I'm going to share some promotion basics. This is the stuff that I think everyone can be doing to get their show out there. Then we're going to talk about marketing strategies. And I'm going to explain why marketing is different than promotion and how there are different ways to think about marketing depending on your goal for the show. That's where you'll learn whether you want to be marketing like a podcaster or marketing like a business owner and some strategies for marketing in each of those ways. And then we'll have a lesson about monetization, including many popular ways to monetize your podcast, and I'll help you think through which one is right for you. At the end, we'll recap and I'll share some thoughts about what's next. And that's the course. My goal again for this course is for you to learn more about effective marketing strategies for a podcast, to learn common monetization techniques that you can implement for your own show, and then to select which ones you think will be right for you. So we're going to do all of that in a pretty quick, seamless, painless way. And I'm really excited to dive in. So let's go ahead and end this introduction to the course. And I'm going to take us into our first lesson on marketing versus promotion. Welcome back to DIY Podcast Marketing and Monetization. This lesson is about marketing versus promotion and some promotion basics that you'll want to implement for your show. So something I see a lot among podcasters is a confusion or a lack of clarity around marketing versus promotion. So here's the simple way to break it down. Marketing is about growing your audience. Promotion is about sharing your episodes. Let me say that a different way. Marketing is about getting new listeners, while promotion is about reminding your listeners to listen. So with marketing, we are trying to get in front of new people. And with promotion, we are trying to tell the people who already care about what is going on. So 
I find that most podcasters are promoting their podcasts, but very few are marketing their podcasts. And what I mean by that is most podcasters have some methods for sharing their show with people who are paying attention, right? Maybe you have a social media feed, maybe you have an email list, but very few podcasters are actually marketing their podcast to new people and doing the work of getting it in front of new people all the time, which is what we have to do if we want to grow our audience. So when we're talking about promotion, there are a couple or many really standard strategies that we can do. And this is what I think of as almost just like good hygiene for our show. Like when we make an episode, we do want to promote it. We want to publish it to the feed and then we want to tell the people who care about it. So with promotion, I think we need to come up with a few strategies that really work for us that become a part of our regular podcast workflow, right? What happens after you publish the episode? You know, for you, it may be you publish, you put it on social media, you send it to your email list. For me, after I publish an episode of my show, it goes on YouTube, it goes to my email list, I email the guest. That's my promotion plan. And I do that for every single episode. And then in addition to that, I'm doing a lot more marketing so that new people are paying attention. So now that I've explained the difference between marketing and promotion, talked a little bit about how many of us are promoting our shows, but not marketing our shows, let me go a little deeper into promotion so that we can make sure you've got that good podcast hygiene, as I put it, so that, you know, you've got those foundational skills and behaviors to make sure that the people who are showing up and listening keep showing up and listening. That's super important because it's actually not really useful to do marketing and grow audience growth work for your show if you're not keeping the people who arrive there. So we want to have these promotional patterns in place so that when we do turn to audience growth, people are so the people who arrive are so excited about it. So let's talk about promotion basics. Here are some basic promotional strategies for your show. You can share your episodes with guests. This is so basic and yet so often overlooked. I have been on so many podcasts that never sent me the link to the episode that they published with my interview. And I had to find it through a Google alert or because it showed up in my feed one day and I never heard from them about it. If they didn't reach out and tell me, I wasn't going to promote it to my audience. So a baseline (laughs) promotional strategy is if you have guests, Make sure you're sending them the link to the episode when it goes live, ideally maybe with some imagery or some, you know, couple sentences to describe it that they can use to share it with their audience. That's going to be one way we're promoting our episodes. Here are some more promotion basics. Social media posts, email newsletter mentions, email signature links, website banners, Pinterest pins. So some of these can lead to audience growth. You know, if you're posting about your show on social media, some new people might see it and tune in. If you're posting episodes on Pinterest, it might get boosted to some people interested in similar things who've never heard of you before. But so often I've found in my experience working with podcasters that these things that posting to your social media followers, sharing with your email subscribers, putting it in your email signature link or on your website or Pinterest page, like these strategies are just making sure your episode gets in front of people who are already paying attention. And if they're already paying attention, 
That's promotion, not marketing. So again, I want to encourage you to have a few promotional strategies built into your podcast workflow. Again, I'm not saying you need to do every single one of these things. In fact, I think maybe you shouldn't because so often after prepping for your episodes, recording them, editing them, publishing them, and promoting them, you might be too tired and exhausted to actually market your show to new people. So we want to find sort of the minimum viable promotion strategy that's helping people remember to tune in while also leaving you time, space, energy to do the marketing work of getting new people to pay attention. So again, for me personally, my promotion strategy looks like sharing with guests, sending it out in my email newsletter, and posting the episodes on YouTube. Occasionally, I might use a website banner. I do always have the podcast, current podcast season in my email signature. I could start putting a new episode there every week if I wanted to, but those are my promotion basics. And then on top of that, I build in marketing strategies to get new listeners. So with this lesson, I want to encourage you to choose two to three promotion basics that you will build into your podcast workflow. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about marketing strategies and your marketing goals. And then in the next lesson, we'll actually go to specific strategies. But now that we've covered promotion, let's just take one more step together into marketing strategies. So when you're doing those promotion basics, then you're ready for marketing strategies. And how you market depends on your goals. So let me break this down. If you want more listeners, I recommend you market like a podcaster. If you want more sales, I recommend you market like a business owner. So when we're podcasting, we can have different goals. Audience growth is one goal, more listeners. That's a very specific goal. But if what you really want is more sales for your business and you just want to get more listeners so you can get more sales, then actually we have a different set of kind of skills and strategies we can use for more listeners versus more sales. So again, if you want more listeners, market like a podcaster. What do I mean by that? Well, get your podcast in front of other podcast listeners and get them to subscribe. The kind of tried and true best practice strategy for marketing a podcast is to go where podcast listeners are and put your podcast there. Put it in front of those people. If they love podcasts and they're always looking for new podcasts, that's where you want to be showing up to get more listeners. But if you're a business owner and what you really want is more sales and your podcast is just a tool to make those sales, then you want to get your podcast in front of more ideal clients and do a better job of making the sale on your show. And so your ideal clients may not be hanging out where there are a bunch of podcast listeners, right? Like we shouldn't conflate those two things. Just because someone listens to your podcast doesn't mean they listen to a ton of podcasts and just love podcasts, right? For many of my clients, their podcast, like with their listeners, it's the only podcast they listen to. And they're like, I just love you and your work. And I want to work with you because I love your podcast, but I don't just de facto love podcasts. So if you are a business owner and you just try to go hang out where everybody loves podcasts, they're going to be like, cool, nice podcast. And maybe never, ever buy from you. 
So we want to go to where your ideal clients hang out and say, hey, here's a great podcast where you can learn some things, get to know me maybe. And then on the show, you do a great job of making the sale. And that's what's going to grow your sales and raise your revenue through your podcast. So to recap, in this lesson, we talked about marketing versus promotion way back here. We covered how marketing is about getting in front of new listeners. Promotion promotion is about reminding your listeners to listen. I shared how I find that most podcasters are promoting their podcast and maybe not marketing their podcast. So I talked to you about some common promotional strategies and encouraged you to choose two to three promotional strategies that you will work into your podcast production workflow. So they happen for every single episode. And once you're doing that, then we can consider the right marketing strategies for your goals. And so as we wrap this episode, I want to encourage you to pause and consider what your goal is for your podcast. Is your primary goal the most important thing? Is your priority getting more listeners or making more sales? Take some time to reflect on that. You don't have to know the answer immediately. But once you've chosen your promotional strategies, you've reflected on your podcast goals, then you can meet me in our next lesson where I'm going to talk a lot more about these ways to market like a podcaster or market like a business owner. I'll see you there whenever you're ready. Welcome to our third lesson of DIY podcast marketing and monetization, a course from me, Amelia at Softer Sounds. In this lesson, we are going to talk about how to market like a podcaster. So in my last lesson on marketing versus versus promotion, you might remember that I shared two different marketing goals, one being to get more listeners and one being to make more sales. So if your goal is to get more listeners for your show, we want to market like a podcaster. And I'm going to teach you some common, popular, effective strategies and ways that podcasters grow their shows. So I think there are three core strategies that are really effective for podcasters to get more listeners. And those are swaps, drops, and app placement. I like to think of it as swaps, drops, and apps, like apps and zerts from Parks and Rec, if you're familiar with that show. But in this lesson, I'm going to talk to you about swaps, drops, and apps. And then I'm going to share a little bit more about podcast newsletters and the importance of tracking links. So this might be one where you really want to take some notes and return to it again when you're ready to implement strategies. So let's dive in to podcast swaps together. So there are a few different kinds of podcast swaps. There are guest swaps, promo swaps, and ad swaps. So a guest swap might be the sort of most familiar swap strategy. With a guest swap, you have someone on your podcast and in exchange, they have you on their podcast. So you do a sort of interview swap. So this can be a really effective strategy if you have aligned audiences and you know like your people are going to want to hear from them and their people are going to want to hear from you. Sometimes you record one interview and you share it on both shows, but I recommend having separate conversations so that you're really kind of maximizing the flow between the audiences. That's a guest swap. 
Then we have promo swaps. This is where you endorse another podcast in your episode and they endorse you in their episode. So instead of having a whole like interview with them, you hop on at the top of your episode, maybe in your intro and you say, Hey, I've really been loving this podcast XYZ. And they do the same. They say, Hey, I've really been loving this podcast ABC. And you recommend it at the start of the episode or in the middle of the episode or wherever it may be. That's a promo swap. And by doing so, you're encouraging your audience to go listen to their show and they're encouraging theirs to come listen to your show. And then finally, we have ad swaps. So this would be where you include an ad for another podcast in your episode and they do the same. So this is, I think, just slightly more formal than a promo swap. It's something where, you know, they might give you a little audio snippet of their intro music or something and you're actually creating a more produced ad. It might be that they actually just hand you a whole ad and you drop it into your episode. There are different there's a, you know, kind of blurry line between promo swaps and ad swaps sometimes. But really what we're getting at in all of these swaps is finding other podcasts that you can partner with to cross promote and cross pollinate your audiences. If you're watching my little tiny video, I just keep making this circular motion with my hands because swaps really are all about that reciprocal flow between engaged, excited podcast audiences. Okay, we've covered swaps. Let's move on to drops. Podcast feed drops are when you share an episode of another podcast on your feed and they share an episode of your podcast on their feed. So if you listen to fiction podcasts, I find this is super common among those because they tend to be a limited series. It's like we did our eight episodes. Now the feed's just here. It's got all these people subscribed to it. So what they end up doing is dropping trailers or episodes for other fiction podcasts that they want their listeners to know about. But you don't have to be running a fiction podcast to use this strategy. So I've included an image here where a dear friend of mine, Alexandra Cole of the Pod Broads podcast, invited me to do a feed drop and put an episode of my podcast off the grid on her feed. So she just recorded a quick intro, I think it was like one or two minutes, talking about why she loves the show and why she wanted to share this episode. And then we shared the whole episode on her feed. And that meant that all of her subscribers got to see an episode of Off the Grid, my podcast in her feed and learn more about the show. And then if they're interested, come subscribe to my feed to get more episodes. So feed drops are also about cross promotion and cross pollination. But I find that they require like a real alignment between audiences and trust between the podcast hosts that are doing the feed drop, right? Because you're not just doing like a quick 10 second promo, you're like putting a whole episode on your feed. So this I would say is for when you've really built trust with people, I wouldn't like reach out to strangers and be like, can I put an episode on your feed, right? That feels a little, uh, it's a big ask. So I would recommend starting with swaps, trying that out, and then considering feed drops where that feels really appropriate. This can also be a great strategy for seasonal breaks. So if you, for instance, take a summer or a winter break from your show, something you could do is set up feed drops with other shows so that there are episodes dropping into your feed during your break. But it's not simply like, but it's actually episodes of other amazing shows that you're aligned with and excited to share. 
So I love this strategy in that instance. And that can be a great place where say, maybe you start by doing a promo swap with someone, it goes well, your audiences are excited about it. Then when you're on break, you do a feed drop right? And a guest swap, maybe you do a guest swap, like there are ways that we can sort of stack these cross promotion efforts to again, like really boost that flow between the audiences. So swaps and drops are ways of collaborating with other podcasters. Then we move into in app placement. So swaps, drops, apps, this is the apps portion of our marketing like a podcaster strategies. So many people don't know that you can apply to be featured in podcast apps. We are so conditioned to believe everything is an algorithm and just being algorithmically served to us. But for the most popular podcast apps, particularly Apple and Spotify, there are real live humans who are curating what's coming up in, for instance, Apple's new and noteworthy. So you can apply to be featured in those places. Now, there are many, many people applying. So you want to be super intentional and, you know, convincing in your application for why your show makes sense for this spot that you're applying for. And as you're doing that, if you're not finding success, or if that's taking a long time, because it can take months and months between submitting an application and ever seeing it in a feature, you can also pay for in app placement that will put you in front of new listeners. So here are some apps that I know offer either features or paid ads on their platforms. One is Pocket Casts. They have a really great email newsletter where you can, they put out kind of calls for their themed lists that they do every month and you can submit your podcast on one of those themes. I actually had great success last year when one of my podcasts was on their tiny episodes list or short up bite-sized episodes list. It was for shows whose episodes are all under 10 minutes and I had one of those and we got it featured in Pocket Casts, really boosted the downloads of the show show for that feature. You can also look into purchasing ads on Overcast and Castos. And what that means is that when people pull up the app and they go to like the browse page or they go to the new page, there will be ads often at the top or the bottom where your show can show up. Or say maybe you run a business podcast. I know Overcast does category specific ads. So if someone goes to the business page, your podcast can be there as a like featured sponsor recommended show. You can also, again, apply to be featured in Apple and Spotify. But I think that when you're just getting started, don't forget, well, I think all the time, but especially when you're just getting started, like, don't forget that there are lots of places that people listen to podcasts. And we don't just have to consider Apple or Spotify when we're looking for promotion opportunities for our show. So I've put them on the list because they are the places that most people listen to podcasts. But something I love about these smaller apps is they have really loyal users. And those users like love and trust the ads and recommendations. So getting featured in those can sometimes be even more Um, impactful for your show because you're really speaking to such a loyal fan base. So our three strategies, again, for marketing like a podcaster are swaps, drops, and in-app placement. Swaps and drops, again, are collaborations with other podcasters. App placement is when you are applying to or paying for a feature in a podcast app. 
Another really great opportunity for marketing like a podcaster is podcast newsletters. So there are so many great newsletters out there that share podcast recommendations and reviews. And you can submit your show to be featured on them. You can pitch those newsletter writers, or in some instances, you can pay for an ad for your show to be featured. So I've put a list here of just some of my favorite podcast newsletters I have applied for or paid to be featured in some of these, not all of them, but some of them. So they're linked below this lesson. So you can just click through. I highly recommend that you subscribe to the newsletter and get a good sense of their style, their preferences and how it works before you send a pitch, right? So you these newsletters get a lot of pitches. Again, there are a lot of podcasters out there trying to grow their show. So when you do pitch, you want it to be really thoughtful and really tailored to this newsletter specifically. So if you're interested, head below, down below this lesson, (laughs) click those links, subscribe to those newsletters, and then, you know, pick one or two that you think could be a great fit, pitch your show or purchase an ad with them. And finally, to wrap up this lesson, I just want to share a big reminder, which is that when you partner with other podcaster apps, make sure you're using trackable links so that you know how many people are clicking through to your show or going to your website. And you can actually see how successful this swap drop app newsletter placement was, right? So I'm a big fan of doing these promotional cross promotional efforts, purely for goodwill, purely to be excited and supportive of our peers and friends. But it's also really helpful to have some data on how successful a promotion was. So you can't do this for all of these like within app placement, you can't give them a link. But in your podcast hosting platform, you might be able to see what app most people were listening to. And I can tell you when I got that Pocket Casts feature, I had way more Pocket Cast listeners that month than even Apple or Spotify. And that I'd never even noticed really before, you know, which I wasn't paying attention to which app was most popular. But you can see that in the back in the back end of a lot of hosting platforms. So again, we want to be thinking about the data or the information that we can get from these promotional efforts. And if you're doing a swap or a drop using a tracking link in their show notes so that you can see how many people clicked it, especially, you know, if you're paying for an ad, definitely using a tracking link. That way you can at least tell like, okay, I paid this much and I got this many clicks. And now I know what was my cost per click, which is potentially a new listener. So these are sorts of things we want to be thinking about as we are implementing promotional strategies. And as I'm going to say many, many times in this course, this is not like a to-do list that now you need to do every single one of these things. If you want to market like a podcaster, I encourage you to choose one of these a month, maybe, that you are going to try out and implement. And to remember that some of them take a long time, like it can take quite a while to get a promo swap set up. So maybe you just go and do one strategy at a time so that this can be really sustainable on your path toward growing your audience and getting more listeners. Okay, so as we wrap this episode, I want to invite you to consider which two of these strategies that I've shared in this lesson feel the most exciting and potentially supportive for your show. 
and make note of that so that we can bring them back when we create your podcast marketing and monetization plan at the end of this course. For now, I'm going to pause here and head into our next lesson about how to market your podcast like a business owner. I will see you there whenever you're ready for more DIY podcast marketing wisdom. Hello and welcome to our fourth lesson of the DIY podcast marketing and monetization course from me, Amelia at Softer Sounds. In this lesson, we are going to talk about how to market like a business owner. So you might remember from the second lesson on marketing versus promotion, that at the end of the lesson, I talked about kind of two different marketing goals that we might have for our podcast. One is to get more listeners, and one is to make more sales. And I really encourage you there to think about what is your priority? What matters the most for your show? Is it growing the audience and getting more listeners? Or is it growing your revenue and making more sales? Now, I can already hear you (laughs) in your head telling me or saying out loud or whatever it might be, a sort of like, well, Amelia, I really would like both. I want more listeners and more sales. (laughs) And the reality is that when we make your podcast marketing and monetization plan in the final lesson, you might mix and match these strategies. But I think that it's helpful to remember that it is a different goal to get more listeners than to make more sales. And we can use different strategies toward each end. So as I shared in the last lesson, how to market like a podcast owner, you know, we're using podcaster strategies there marketing strategies that are all about putting our business in front of podcast listeners. And here in this lesson, how to market like a business owner, we're using business marketing strategies, which means we're putting our podcast in front of our ideal client. And really, in how to market like a business owner, most often what we're doing is getting better at making the sale. Because I find that Every podcaster I work with is a business owner, and many of them are not selling on their show. So I'm going to go ahead and show you my final slide of this presentation, which, you know, we're just going to take the takeaway early on. We're taking it away right now, which is that if you want your podcast to generate revenue, you can't hesitate to use it as a sales tool. Listeners are not magically going to make that connection. They're not magically going to go from, this is a nice podcast to listen to, to buying everything available to purchase on your website. You have to make that connection for them. And really, you have to hold their hand as they get to know, like, and trust you and realize that what you're offering is really for them. So in this lesson, how to market like a business owner, we're really going to talk about how to use your podcast as a sales tool so that you can be making more money, making more sales. So let's go back to the beginning. I jumped us to the end. We'll go back to the beginning and talk about my three favorite strategies for marketing like a business owner. These are the three things I think you can do to make more sales around your show or from your show. Number one is using a lead magnet to get listener emails. So what is a lead magnet? A lead magnet is a free resource that you offer via email and someone, you create the resource, you create a form and someone has to enter their email into the form to get the resource. 
Now, why does this work so well for business owners who have podcasts? Well, one of the challenges of having a podcast is you don't have a list of who's listening, right? You can look at your stats, you can see your numbers, you can sort of know what country they're listening from, maybe what app they're listening in, but you don't know their names, you don't know their email addresses, you can't reach out to them directly. So when we have a lead magnet for our podcast, then we are gathering listener emails so that you can sell to those people later on, right? You're getting your listeners on your email list. So I think that this is really important for podcasters who are also business owners and want to make more sales. We got to get those emails. Something I've discovered for myself and my clients is that people often know they want to buy from you when they listen to your podcast, but they don't actually make the purchase until it lands in their email inbox. So we want to be landing in their email inbox. And I also find that a sort of general, like, if you love this podcast, join my newsletter, is not really a compelling enough call to action to get people to actually join your newsletter when they're listening to your podcast. Something I'm telling my clients all the time is that if you want your listeners to take an action, you need to imagine yourself as them, right? Your listeners... Like, what do you do when you listen to a podcast? For me, I'm on a walk. I've got like my dog's leash in one hand. I've got, you know, the green poop bags in the other hand, not to be gross, but that's, that's life as a dog owner. (laughs) Like my hands are full or, you know, maybe I'm doing the dishes. And so my hands are literally in soapy water. They are wet. And if you're telling me, if I'm listening to a podcast and my hands are wet or they're full of dog stuff and you're saying to me, go get on my email list. Well, that's not really going to get me to like move everything out of my hands or like dry them off and go do that. But if you're saying to me, hey, you just listened to this whole episode and I made you this free resource that walks you through exactly how to do this thing we just talked about. And if you head to the show notes right now, you can get it in your email inbox immediately. Like that might actually get me to pull my hands out of the sink, dry them off figure out where my phone is, open my podcast app, click through to the show notes and give you my email address, right? Again, we have to imagine what our listeners are doing while they're listening and then give them a compelling enough call to action that they're going to go do it right then, at least once. Because the nice thing about a lead magnet is once they give us their email the one time, (laughs) we can keep emailing them, right? But we got to have something compelling at least one time that's going to get them to give us their email address. That way you can be nurturing your client on your podcast, your potential client. You know, they can be getting to know, like, and trust you. And when you land in their inbox, they're buying from you. So that's our first strategy for marketing like a business owner. Create a really compelling lead magnet to go along with your show that can help you get listener emails so you can sell directly to them. A second strategy for marketing like a business owner is to use launches to create events around your offerings. So I have found it really helpful to use launches in many different ways for a podcast. You can be launching a season all around an offering. That can be really exciting. Let's say you are a coach and you have a new type of session and you do a whole season that is really around like the themes, the topics, you know, interviewing clients, interviewing cool people you want to talk to. Like it's all about promoting that session. You could do something like that. 
Maybe you are a ceramicist and you know that in the fall you're hosting this amazing clay retreat that's about wood-fired pot making or whatever it might be. I'm not a ceramicist. Sorry if I get all the words wrong. But you know that you're doing that. And so you're going to do a limited series podcast that's about wood firing techniques. And that whole podcast is around getting people to come to the retreat, right? So with launches, creating these events around your offerings, what I mean by this is really aligning your podcast content and timing with your sales calendar. That is really going to bring it all together. And something I see, unfortunately, too often is business owners who think of their podcast content calendar and their sales calendar as like separate entities. We really want to integrate them. So often when I work with clients and we're working on their podcast, we start with their sales calendar. And then from their sales calendar, then once that's figured out, then we will schedule the episodes. Then we will schedule the season even. We're like, okay, you're selling this in the spring, this in the fall. We're going to do this type of season in the winter headed into the spring. We're going to do this here. We're going to put these you know, ads in this place, et cetera. So our second strategy for marketing your podcast like a business owner is to align your podcast content calendar and your sales calendar and to use launches of seasons to create events around the launches of your offerings. And if your show is not seasonal, we can do this with a show that's ongoing as well. We can create sort of mini moments where it's like the month of March is all about this, or we got three episodes happening around this, right? But it's about, um, if we think of an ongoing podcast as like a really steady state marketing channel, we need to create those sort of like bumps and excitement and interest because it's those sorts of events that create the enthusiasm and perhaps even the like urgency of like, oh yeah, I want this now. Because when we're trying to get people to buy from us, we need to give them that sort of inflection point of like, now's the time. And that's what this second strategy is all about. And our third strategy for marketing your podcast like a business owner is to use ads and direct sales to share what you sell on your podcast. So again, I work with a lot of podcasters, they all have their own businesses. And so many of them are always thinking about like, oh, I got to get sponsors. I need to get somebody to like put some ads on this show. And I'm like, what if you are your own sponsor? What if we are placing ads for your products, for your offerings, right? You can do a pre-roll for yourself. You can do a mid-roll for yourself. I'm going to talk about what that those words mean in the next episode or in the next, I'm sorry, in the next episode, the podcaster read me. I'm going to talk about what pre-roll and mid-roll mean in the next lesson of this course. But for now, what I'm saying is just that like we can create ads for our own things and be selling on our own behalf in our show. And maybe you don't really even want to do an ad break, but you're just doing direct sales in your intro. You're saying, hey, right now in my business, I've got this going on. You can come to this workshop. You can shop our spring sale. You can do any of these things, but you're just directly telling people what they can buy. Or maybe you're making an ad for it. But either way, it goes back to that takeaway that I started us with, which is that if you want your podcast to generate revenue, you can't hesitate to use it as a sales tool. So again, to recap those strategies... These are my three favorite marketing or sales strategies for business owners who have a podcast. 
The first is using lead magnets to get listener emails. Again, creating that really compelling call to action by offering your listeners something that they really want right now so that they're willing to pull their hands out of the sink doing dishes so that they're willing to move all the dog accoutrements that the walk requires into their pocket and pull out their phone, right? Lead magnets that are really magnetic and that are really compelling that are getting people to give you their email address. Our second strategy was using launches to align your podcast content with your sales calendar and create these events around your offerings, events that are happening on your podcast. So we're producing those moments of extra excitement and urgency around making the purchase right now. And then our third strategy was using ads and direct sales to share what you sell. So creating ads for your own offerings or talking about them and how people can purchase them in the course of your episode content. So these are my three favorite ways for business owners to market on their podcasts. And I also wanted to share in this lesson that I've created a list of 100 ways to share your work off social media. You might be here because you know about my podcast off the grid, which is about leaving social media without losing all your clients. But really, it's a creative marketing podcast. And again, I've told you in this course, this lesson, I gave you my three favorite ways for business owners to market on their podcasts. But if you want more marketing ideas just writ large in the links below this video, you can find the direct link to my list of 100 ways to share your work off social media. And inside what I call the leaving social media toolkit, you can also find a database that will help you create and track creative marketing experiments that you can be doing for your business or your podcast or both over the course of any season. So this course cannot just teach you all of marketing in this, you know, sort of mini course that we've got just specifically about DIY podcast marketing and monetization. Like I knew I couldn't turn this into marketing 101, 201, 301, and 401 all inside that very specific topic. But I did want to offer a more expansive set of ideas for ways that you can share your podcast off social media. I wanted to offer this database of ways that you can keep track of your ideas and your experiments that you're doing for marketing your podcast in different ways. And I wanted to make sure that you did hear my three favorite ways, the ones that I see as most effective for business owners to be marketing their podcast and making more sales in the process. So hopefully you feel like you got that covered in this lesson. And as we're wrapping this one up, I just want to encourage you to think about two to three ways that you could make more sales with your show. And then really to choose one that you want to focus on first. So do you want to focus on creating a lead magnet and some really compelling calls to action for your episodes? Do you want to focus on doing some launches around your sales calendar in the upcoming season or year? Or do you want to focus on creating some ads that you can drop into your episodes that will share what you're selling, right? So now that you've learned these three strategies, I encourage you to pick the two that resonate the most with you and then make a plan for how you're going to do one of those in the upcoming weeks or months. 
That might take some time. So first, let's just let's take a deep breath together. Now that we've made it well over halfway through this course, we're going to inhale. Exhale. I'm going to invite you to sit with these prompts and questions I've just given you, activity I just gave you to take away. Take your time with it. And only when you're ready, I will meet you in our next lesson on podcast monetization strategies. Hello, and welcome back to DIY Podcast Marketing and Monetization, a course with me, Amelia from Softer Sounds. I'm so happy to be here with you for our fifth and penultimate lesson of the course. This may be the one that really got you here, or maybe you skipped right here and went right past everything else that I've been sharing in this course. Because in this lesson, we're going to talk about podcast monetization strategies, aka the money, money, money of podcasting. Now, before we dive into this lesson, I do want to say that often I hear from podcasters who want to monetize their show before they are really doing any of the promotional or marketing work that I've talked about in the past few lessons. And your monetization work will be way more successful if you are consistently promoting and marketing your episodes. So I think that among the strategies I'm going to share in this lesson, most of them really won't bring you a lot of money if you're not consistently promoting and marketing. So if you did, in fact, skip right to this lesson, I just want to encourage you to go back through the other lessons so that you can set yourself up for success when you start to monetize your show. And, you know, also at the end of the day, you get to do what you want. So (laughs) if you're like, Amelia, I created a great podcast. I'm just ready to monetize it. Don't need your marketing advice. Cool. That's cool too. I believe you. Who am I to say what your show needs? Let's talk about podcast monetization strategies. So these are some of the most popular and effective monetization strategies that I see working for my clients, many of which I have used myself. And we're going to go through these one by one. So we've got sponsorship and ads, affiliate or referral links, selling services to listeners, selling services to guests. This I've kind of added into direct sales and ads. And then finally, listener support. So let's dive in and talk about sponsorship and ads. So first of all, what is sponsorship and ads? Well, there are many different types of sponsors or advertisers you can have for your show. And I think that I want to start by saying that you can have sponsors and ads at any size, but if your show has fewer than 10,000 downloads per episode or per month, you most likely are going to need to seek out sponsors and advertisers yourself. So there are quite a few podcast ad networks out there where you can, where shows with larger audiences can work with a network who will bring them advertisers. But if you're below that 10,000 downloads per episode threshold, you're really going to be looking for advertisers or sponsors independently. And so what do advertisers or sponsors do? Well, typically they give you money to have an ad placed in your show. 
Some sponsors may sponsor a whole season of your show. You can have a sort of presenting sponsor for your show, but many advertisers will just be looking to place an ad either for a duration of time on your episodes or ads that are in specific episodes of your show to promote their stuff, whatever it might be. So when we're talking about ads, we've got a bunch of different factors to consider. And that's what this list is right here. So I want to talk to you about these different ad considerations and what they mean. So the first thing I think about when I'm thinking about ads for podcasts is are we doing dynamic or embedded ads? So dynamic ads means that an ad is placed before, during or after an episode for a limited period of time. And these are going to be inserted typically by your podcast hosting platform. So we're using, you know, fancy smancy technology to drop the ad in at the beginning, middle or end of the episode. You upload the ad, you tell the hosting platform where you want it to go, you tell them the dates you want it to be there, and it will appear there. That's a dynamic ad. What makes it dynamic is that it goes into the episode and it comes out of the episode. To do dynamic ads, you will have to use a podcast hosting platform that supports dynamic ads. So for instance, platforms like Buzzsprout, Transistor, Red Circle, they all allow dynamic ad insertion with some of their basic or paid plans. If you are hosting with someone currently, as I'm recording this, like Simplecast or Libsyn, they do not include dynamic ad insertion in their standard plans. And so you can't run independent ads with dynamic ad insertion. I actually think for both of those, if you are on their sponsor network, they will do dynamic ads for you. But if you're just trying to do it independently, as I said, like if you're below that 10,000 download threshold, you need to be using a podcast hosting platform that allows dynamic ads if you want to do dynamic ads. Embedded ads are ads that are embedded into an episode and stay there. So this is a pretty typical, you know, traditional advertising method on podcasts where you might hear an ad at the beginning or the middle of the show and it's in there for all time, right? It's staying. And if you have a podcast where people listen to your back catalog a lot, they're going back and hearing episodes from, you know, six months, 12 months, 24 months ago, that embedded ad could keep working for your sponsor for a really long time. Whereas the dynamic ad would get in, get out, and it's done. So your first consideration for ads is dynamic or embedded. And that's going to depend on the technology you have on the types of advertisers you're working with, and on what you want to offer to your listeners. Our second consideration is pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll. So I promised you in the last lesson that I'd explain these terms. And here we are, I'm going to explain them. Pre-roll just means it comes before the start of the episode, mid-roll happens in the middle of the episode, and post-roll happens at the end of the episode. Pre-roll and post-roll could come before or after the podcast intro-outro. It kind of shifts depending on what services you're using or how you've set it up with your sponsors. But with these, we're just deciding when does the ad happen. It used to be that pre-roll ads were the most listened to ads because they're right when somebody presses play. But listener behavior has changed and pre-roll ads are very likely to get skipped by people who are savvy listeners and know there's ads at the start of the episode. And in that case, mid-roll ads are often now more listened to 
And because people are listening and they don't actually like do the work of skipping in the middle of the episode, I share that to say that it because I share that because it used to be that pre-roll ads were the most expensive because they got the most listens, but now often mid-roll ads can be more expensive for some shows because they're getting more consistent listens and engagement. And then post-roll, of course, is going to be your kind of lowest engagement point for an ad, but can still be a great place to offer a promo um, either for your own work or for other things. Or like I like to pop things in the post roll where I'm like, oh, if you're here, you really love this show. So I'm going to give you a little something extra at the very, very end to try to encourage people to like, stick around. Okay, our third thing to consider for sponsorship and ads is whether you're doing a host read ad or a sponsor read ad. So host read ads means that you, the host or whoever the host is, reads the ad. This is kind of like the bread and butter of podcast advertising because host read ads use the voice of the host to engender trust with the listener and make the listener like more excited about the thing that's being advertised. Sponsor red ads are more like commercials, right? The sponsor creates the audio, you drop it in, and that's the ad. You know, I've heard recent ads on podcasts for everything from Squarespace, a longtime fave, to McDonald's, who I'd never heard advertising on a podcast before. And so those were created by their marketing teams and sent to podcasters and dropped in dynamically. Actually, typically, those aren't even sent to the podcaster. They're sent to podcast ad networks who are embedding them in their different shows. But if you're an independent podcaster, I think in the beginning, you're likely going to be doing host-read ads. And honestly... I think they work better anyway. So they are a great fit for most podcasters who want to have ads. And then finally, you'll want to consider if you're going to charge for ads by CPM or a flat rate. So CPM stands for cost per mil, which is the cost per thousand downloads. With CPM based ads, the advertiser is only paying for how many downloads the podcast, the ad actually got, right? So, you know, if it's embedded in the middle of an episode, how many downloads did that episode get? And that's going to be divided by a thousand multiplied times your cost per thousand. I think if I got the math right. Um, And then that'll be what they pay for the advertisement. This is the standard sort of ad rate format for those bigger networks that I've been mentioning. But for most of my smaller independent shows out there, and I include my own show in this list, we're going to be looking at flat rate ads. So we are charging a consistent amount for a pre-roll, a mid-roll, or a post-roll ad. And that's what people pay. And it doesn't matter how many times that episode gets downloaded or the ad gets downloaded. There's just one rate. The ad goes in. That's what they've paid. I think that flat rate ads are a really great strategy for smaller or independent shows. One, because they're ensuring that you make some money for the work of the ad. And two, because Quite frankly, with standard industry CPM, you might only be making five to $10 per ad when if you're charging in a flat rate, you could be charging $50, $100, $200, whatever it might be. Now, a question I get a lot is how do I set the rates for ads? Well, that is something that we have to figure out for your specific show, but all of these factors are going to be taken into account. Is it a dynamic or embedded ad? Is it pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll? Is it host-read or is your sponsor providing it? We need to answer those questions before we even get to what your flat rate might be. And then that rate's going to be determined on, well, how big 
is your listener base? How engaged are they? And how kind of specific is your audience such that an advertiser knows like, oh, this is like full of exactly the people I want to talk to? Or is it more like, oh, well, there are probably some people in there I want to talk to. So I'll try out that ad. Like, was it general or specific is another thing you'll be considering when you're setting ad rates. So that was a whole lot about sponsorship and ads. Um, I really wanted to equip you with the information that you need to know what you need to know about sponsors and ads. And I'm going to end like the 10 minutes I spent on that by saying that I think sponsorship and ads are a strategy for more advanced shows. What I mean by that is like you've been making your show for a long time. You have a super consistent podcast workflow. You can guarantee that your episodes are going to come out on these dates. You know what they're going to be. You can tell the advertiser exactly all these details and you can follow up and give them stats and let them know how the episode did. So you need to have kind of all that infrastructure in place as well as the time and energy to create, run and follow up and report on the ads. And so this, I think, works when your podcast is already a well-oiled machine and you're ready to add another layer. You also need to have a really active and growing and engaged listener base for ads to be effective for your advertisers. So we kick all this off with a more advanced strategy. And I think that I wanted to start here because it's the first thing people think of when they think of podcast monetization. But now that you've heard all of this, let's be, let's put this idea down and try on some other monetization strategies that I think are often a better fit for independent shows or shows that are just getting started, say within their first year or so of production. So let's try on some other strategies, shall we? Up next, we've got affiliate or referral links. So we can use affiliate links on our podcast for products or services that you want to recommend. The way an affiliate links link works is that a company will give you a specific link for their product. And then when someone purchase clicks your link and makes a purchase, you typically get a percentage of that purchase or some type of flat rate kickback. It could be that, you know, when they buy the book, you get 3% of the sale or every person who signs up, they give you $10. There are different ways that affiliate programs work. But if you have products or services that you're talking about on your show a lot, and those products or services have affiliate programs, it can be great to use the affiliate link. So when people are clicking through, you're making a little bit of money for giving those recommendations. Similarly, you can use referral bonuses as a strategy for making money from your show. So often service providers particularly will offer referral bonuses if someone, you know, books them because of your recommendation. So you can, you know, be telling people like, I think the best graphic designer out there is this person. If you book with them, tell them I sent you and then maybe they send you a referral bonus. So that could be something they do with everyone or it could be something that you make a sort of you set up a contract specifically with them because you're referring to them a lot of clients. But that's another way. I think of referral bonuses just as like a little more about people and affiliate links as a little more about products or like online courses and things like that digital 
products and physical products. But these are both ways that you can be making money by recommending or endorsing things on your show. Now, I do want to add a note here, and it really should go on the last slide as well. Like, if you are making money from referring or endorsing or recommending a product, service, or anything else, you should be including endorsement disclaimers in the audio of your show and in your show notes. Now, I'm not a lawyer, so this is not legal advice, (laughs) but I will link to the FTC's guidelines for influencers in the show notes. And you know, whether you're an influencer or not, if you're making recommendations on your podcast and you have a paid relationship with the people you're making the recommendation for, that needs to be disclosed. Otherwise, you could be fined for not disclosing that it was a paid relationship. So again, if you have sponsors, if you're using affiliate links, just share that information. Don't make it a secret and you'll be good to go. I will link the actual guidelines from the people who make these rules who are not me um, in the show notes so you can get some more information on what they recommend. But I find that this is often overlooked by podcasters and I don't want to see you or anyone else I love get fined by the FTC or SEC or FCC or whoever does the fining. (laughs) So If you're using sponsors, ads, affiliate, or referral links as a monetization strategy, just include those disclaimers and you'll be good to go. Our next podcast monetization strategy is direct sales and ads. So I mentioned this in the how to market like a business owner lesson because it's a great way to make money from your show (laughs) and it counts. I find that a lot of business owners, like they don't count it. Like if someone buys their offering after learning about them on a podcast, they don't count it as a win for the podcast. And I'm like, that person made a purchase because of the podcast. Therefore, your podcast has made you money. And that is podcast monetization. So you can use your podcast to sell your products or services to listeners. And that's one way your podcast can make you money. You can also, again, create pre or mid-roll ads for your own offerings, and that's a way that podcasts can make you money. You can also try selling your products or services to guests. So there are definitely podcasts that I have seen or worked with who really are inviting their ideal clients on and then kind of welcoming them to learn more about their services after the episode. I think you have to do this very carefully because you don't want to like bait and switch people of like, come be on my podcast. Now you're on a sales call. Like that is a sort of really, I want to use the word sleazy, but I don't like that word. But like that sort of bait and switch technique feels really manipulative. And so we're not trying to do that. But you can invite guests on your podcast so that you can get to know them, network with them, they learn about your services, and then a really nice like natural evolution of that is they become one of your clients. That has 100% happened for me. People who have been guests on my podcast off the grid have become clients of Softer Sounds because they got to know me through that podcast interaction and realized that like they'd love to host their show or have their show produced by my studio. So again, as a strategy, you want to be careful with this one, but it can be really effective. And once more, if they got to know you and like you and trust you through your podcast and then they bought something, 
that means your podcast made you money. Even if it's not like a sponsor, which is the way we typically might think about podcasts making money, like the podcast to purchase pipeline (laughs) is podcast monetization. It's so important, especially for us who are podcasters and business owners. And we're going to wrap this lesson with another really popular monetization method for podcasts. So if I had asked you before we got into any of this, like, how do people monetize podcasts? When I do ask people this, they're always like, oh, yeah, ads and Patreon. Like, this is what podcasters do. So we started with ads. We're ending with Patreon or listener support. So another way to monetize your podcast is to create a sort of tip jar a way that people who love the show can send you a little bit of money and thank you for the episodes. You can do that with PayPal. You can do that with a service like Buy Me a Coffee. There are lots of different places online to set up virtual tip jars. So that's one method of listener support. I find that with that one, you really need to mention it a lot. Actually, with all of these, you really need to mention them a lot to get people to, again, take that action. I talked about this in the How to Market Like a Pot like a business owner episode as well. But like we're trying to get people to take an action, we have to make it something they really want to do. And often at the end of an episode, they want to get on to the next episode, not like go find their phone and figure out where your tip jar is and spend some money. So if you have a tip jar, I encourage you to find ways to really be sharing that and speaking to how much it supports you and really inviting people in and having a compelling call to action to get them to support your show. Another way to get listener support and monetize your show is through a membership platform. This is where I'm thinking of Patreon or of Substack. So people become a member or a supporter of your show by paying a monthly or annual fee. So if you want to use something like Patreon, you will create your Patreon account. Typically, then there would be perks for paid supporters or for patrons. People sign up, they pay you that monthly amount, and then you're now you're making money from your show. Similarly, you can create paid subscriber feeds. So Apple and Spotify now have these features, or if you use a podcast hosting platform like Buzzsprout, they also have a version of this where you can have episodes go into your main podcast feed that are only available to paid subscribers. And so what that means is if someone's scrolling your feed and they really want to listen to this specific episode, they'll click on it and then it'll say, you have to become a paid subscriber to hear this episode. So give me your $5 a month. (laughs) It's a sort of paywall for some of your content. So with paid subscriber feeds, it's all happening in the feed. And then the transaction happens like on someone's phone in the app most often. With a membership platform, you're ha- you're hosting that sort of paid transaction outside of the feed and then offering different benefits to your subscribers. So often people will have a Patreon and offer bonus episodes and things like that, but those bonus episodes aren't showing up in your main feed. So these are two s- similar but different monetization strategies where you're offering exclusive content and bonuses to paid subscribers. One's happening all in your podcast episode feed and the other's happening happening in a separate space. And again, with all of these listener support methods, I encourage you to talk about them early and often so that you are making a compelling case for why listeners should pay to support your show. 
I think something we've seen in the past few years of podcasting is that as there's been a proliferation of shows, there are just so many podcasts people can listen to, and you need to give them a reason that your show is their favorite and that they want to support you financially. Like it used to be that somebody could just kind of say every once in a while, like, I've got a tip jar. If you like the show, give me a tip. But now we're just so inundated with those requests, not only from podcasters, but from people in all areas of our life that I think that offering some really exciting perks or a really compelling case are what's going to make listener support a really successful monetization strategy for your show. And again, I'm going to end this (laughs) at the same place that I ended the last lesson, which is that if you want your podcast to generate revenue, you cannot hesitate to use it as a sales tool. Your podcast will not magically make you money. Your podcast needs to have clear monetization strategies that are aligned with the size of your show and the type of things you want to do to share it. And so, and then it will, it can make money for you. So again, if you want to run a show for a really sweet audience of 200 people, you're not going down that sponsorship and ad route because that's a numbers game. If you, maybe a listener support would be better for you, or maybe really selling to that audience will work well for you. Same with affiliate and referral links. Like that's a numbers game. The more people you get in those links, the more of those small kickbacks you get, the more money that you can make. So I think a lot of this has to do with, as I've just kind of ended us on, like what game are you playing? And that takes us back to what are your goals? Are you trying to get more listeners so that you can do something like sponsorship and ads so you can join a network so that sharing your affiliate link does make you a lot of money? Use those podcaster marketing strategies. Or are you trying to make more money from make more sales from your podcast? In that case, direct sales, advertising your own things, cultivating a really smart, strong listener support strategy, those might be more effective monetization strategies for you. But either way, you got to be selling and promoting those support methods on the podcast or people are not going to just magically find them and give you money. So it's not that I think you thought that, but sometimes our actions (laughs) make it seem like we think that. Podcast monetization is a strategic and ongoing effort. I believe in you. And as we are finally wrapping this very long episode, I want to encourage you to sit with these strategies, choose one that you want to try out, and then see if you can do a really good job of implementing that one on your show and how it goes. I encourage you to be working with one monetization strategy at a time because you don't want to overwhelm or confuse your listeners. You can try a bunch of different marketing or promotional strategies at once because people might only be seeing one of them at any given time. But with monetization, if you have a podcast and you're like, I've got ads and do the affiliate and buy my thing and give me the tip jar, like that's too much for your listener. You want to ask them to do one thing. You want to be seeking money in one way at a time for your show. So think about any notes you took or things that pinged for you when I shared the different monetization strategies. Choose one that you want to try first and then do a really great job with that one and then assess how it has gone, which is going to look like, you know, how many people engaged with it, how much money did you make, et cetera. 
So I think I will end this fifth penultimate lesson of our DIY podcast marketing and monetization course here. Thank you for sticking with me through all these monetization strategies. I really do believe in you and your show, and I believe you can make money from your show if you choose the right monetization strategy for you and you build that on top of the foundation of promotion and marketing methods that we've talked about. So let's take another deep breath at the end of this one. (laughs) I feel like I just talked and haven't breathed for almost 30 minutes. So let's inhale together and exhale together. Again, take your time with all this information. And when you are ready, I will meet you in our final episode episode. I keep saying that final episode. (laughs) I will meet you in our final lesson of this course, where I'm going to recap everything we've talked about and share some steps for what's next for you and your show. All right, my podcast marketers and monetizers, this is the final lesson of our DIY podcast marketing and monetization course. And in this one, I'm going to recap what we've done so far in all these lessons together and tell you a little bit about what's next for you and your show. So let's take it back and recap. We started by talking about marketing versus promotion, and I shared that marketing gets your podcast in front of new listeners, while promotion reminds your listeners to listen. You might also remember that I shared that I see most podcasters out there promoting their show, but not marketing their show. And I offered this idea that there are two primary marketing goals for business owners who run a podcast. And those goals are either to get more listeners or make more sales. So if you want to get more listeners, market your show like a podcaster and podcasters market with swaps, drops, and apps. They also use newsletters, which I added in in that lesson. If you want to make more sales, market your podcast like a business owner using email lead magnets, launches aligned with your sales calendar, direct sales, and even ads for your own things inside your episodes. And in that lesson, I also shared my list of 100 ways to share your work or your podcast off social media so that you can be getting your show in front of new people without even having to be on some of these algorithmically oriented apps. Again, how you market your show depends on your goals. So the most important thing you can do is to get clear on your goals and then choose strategies in alignment with those. That leads into podcast monetization because we talked about, as I said here, so many ways to monetize your show. You might remember that we discussed sponsorship and ads, affiliate and referral links. I'm blanking now on the third one because I didn't put it in my notes. Direct sales. (laughs) Thanks for being human with me. Direct sales and listener support. There we go. 
I guess I've been recording too many of these lessons for you, my friends. But again, we talked about sponsorship and ads, referral and affiliate links, direct sales and listener support. And so these are different monetization strategies. And which one you choose is going to be dependent on your goals for your show, as well as the stage that you're in in your podcasting journey, and how big your audience is. Sponsorship and ads and affiliate links tend to make more money for shows with bigger audiences. And as I shared in that lesson, sponsorship can really require a very kind of well-oiled system for your production such that you can create and publish and report on the ads with ease. I really love listener support models for newer shows, as long as those shows are marketing and promoting to build that engaged listener base. And I find that the tried and true, the best monetization strategy for business owners is to be selling your own offerings or products on your show and remembering that if the podcast is what got someone to purchase, then you have monetized your podcast. Monetizing a podcast does not have to mean getting Squarespace ads and having a Patreon with a million people on it. If your podcast is getting people to purchase, you've monetized your show, and that is something to be really proud of and, you know, feel great about that money you made. So with that recap in mind, what's next? Well, now that you have spent an hour or more or many more hours with me, depending on how long you've reflected on these materials, it's time to create your marketing and monetization plan. So through each lesson or at the end of each lesson, I gave you sort of a prompt or question or activity to do, which was to make choices about which of the things I was talking about, which strategies I presented you wanted to implement. This course is really just like a menu of podcast marketing and monetization strategies. Remember at the very beginning, in the first two minute lesson where I said I was going to give you many actionable marketing strategies? Well, I think we definitely did that. You've got your menu of actionable marketing and monetization strategies. Now you have to make or you get to make the plan for which ones you're going to do. So what's this plan going to be composed of? Well, it's going to have your three main parts, promotion, marketing, and monetization. So with promotion, your promotion plan, I want you to choose your promo strategies and add them to your workflow. Again, I recommended having two to three promotional strategies for your show. These are the things that you do to share every episode, and they should be built into your workflow so that after you publish, you automatically do these things. As I shared in that lesson, for me, those things are put the episode on YouTube, send an email, and make sure that I send it to the guest. Those are my three promo strategies. That's my promotion plan for my podcast. You'll also want a marketing plan. So for that, I encourage you to pick two to three marketing strategies to try and see how they work for your show. I recommend trying them for a minimum of six to eight weeks to get a sense of if they're getting your show in front of new people and then mixing it up if it's not working or leaning into it if it is. So there were two lessons here with different marketing strategies, one on how to market like a podcaster, one on how to market like a business owner. Maybe you're super clear on your priority and you lean into those podcaster or business owner methods. 
or maybe you mix and match and you do one podcaster thing and one business owner thing. So you could, for your marketing strategies, you could pick promo swaps and ads for your offerings. And those are the two things that you're doing for the next six to eight weeks to see how they work on your show. I encourage you to think of this as an experiment. Try it out, see how it goes, and then try again. And the third part of our plan is monetization. So I want you to pick one monetization strategy to implement and see how it goes with your audience. Do they purchase? Do they tip? Do you get sponsors? Whatever it might be, pick one. Because we'd want to really make it easy for your listeners to say yes to the thing you're asking them and not overload them with many, many asks. So again, it's time to create that marketing and monetization plan and your plan should have three parts. What are your promo strategies, the things you do after every episode? What are your marketing strategies? Pick two to three experiments, things you're going to try out to get your show in front of new audiences in the upcoming weeks or months and pick one monetization strategy to implement and see if you can make some money. That's your plan. Basically, it's like, what are your things? And then when are you going to do them? (laughs) So I'd recommend starting them soon in the near future. And of course, being gentle with yourself, taking it one step at a time, letting it be something that unfolds, adding these on, you know, one strategy, one layer at a time. And eventually, it can really, I hope, bring you to achieve all of your podcast goals and dreams. And if we're wrapping this course and you're finding yourself feeling overwhelmed or unsure of what comes next, or if you just want some accountability to actually make this happen, someone to hold your hand as you make your marketing and monetization plan to send you check-in messages and encouraging voice memos as you are trying to get your show in front of new people or make some money with your listeners, you're always invited to join me for podcast advising. I offer single sessions, which are 75 minute calls where we could totally make your plan together in one go and make it beautiful and wonderful and tailored to you and your show. I also offer three month engagements where we could do that work of making the plan, checking in on how it's going, reassessing, giving you that accountability to keep at it. These are things we could do in podcast advising if you need more support. I like to offer this at the end because I know I just gave you a lot of information, information overload, and now you might want a friendly face to actually walk you through it for you, not just so generally. I really love to say, here's all the information. You get to make your own decisions. And if you would like my help making those decisions for you, you're always welcome to head to the link below this lesson, check out podcast advising, or reach out anytime. I would love to hear from you. So that's it for our DIY podcast marketing and monetization course. Please do reach out and tell me who you are, what your show is, and how you are marketing and monetizing in the months ahead. I would love to hear from you and cheer you on. My email's below the lesson as well to make that super easy. I believe in you. I believe in your show. You've got this. And I can't wait to hear you on my pod feed. Bye for now.